Hello and welcome to the Pumping Irony Podcast, a podcast where three friends, all living in Columbia, Maryland, talk about things we like and things we dislike. My name is Tim, and with me is Russ. Hello, I'm Russ. And Andrew. Hey! We have reached a milestone. A milestone. This is our 10th episode. We have reached double digits. It's all downhill or uphill from here? I don't know. <laughs> Depending on how we, how we feel. But we, there's definitely a hill involved. There's a hill, <laughs> there's a hill involved. Yeah. Could be a rolling hill. We know all about those in Maryland. <laughs> so, uh, we talk about things we like and dislike. We go in order. And this time, we're going to start with Russ. All right. Well, my wife and I went and saw a movie yesterday that, that we both kind of liked uh, called Free State of Jones. So, mm. it was... Uh, You're the only ones that went and saw that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did Not, it open? Like I don't know. Weekend, two yeah, ago. It's, it's made single digits of millions of dollars. Wow. It's, yeah, it's not doing well at all. It's it's got like forty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think it's like so. It's not a perfect movie yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, but um, and it's a little long because mm. it deals with a lot of history, you know, around the Civil War and Reconstruction, and then it jumps forward like eighty five years for another part. Uh, somebody who's related to Newton Knight, who's the main character. Okay. So. Um, that, but, is, that, is that Matthew McConaughey's character? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is is, uh, is Newton Knight. He doesn't. He never says "all right, all right, all right." <laughs> but, What's the point? I know, right? <laughs> but um, but yeah, we both liked it. Um, it's it's a very it's a true story about um, he was a, a Mississippi farmer and was serving as a medic in the on the Confederate side in the Civil War, and basically he got tired of the war after. Mm especially after uh, one of his nephews gets killed in his arms. Uh, one thing I will say about this movie, the first 15 minutes or so is the most brutal Civil War battle I've ever seen wow, on, okay. on film, and it's pretty awesome. It's like Saving Private Ryan mm -hmm. D-Day you know, stuff. And what, like, what battle Whoa. was it showing? Do you I don't even know what it was. Okay. Um, it just, I, I don't even War, know. It, I, it, I think it said it, but... Well, yeah. 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 But you know, there's several famous battles. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was necessarily a famous one. Okay. Just, um, just it showed the brutality of mm -hmm. you know the lines of men just marching to their death and yeah. being shot and and the horrific stuff that happens when they're shot and all this stuff. So, Carlo was like, "Whoa, hmm. whoa!" <laughs> but it was it was really well done, and I I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, he's he gets tired of the war. He goes back to. Um, to his farm and then becomes branded as a deserter and so he flees into the swamp where a lot of escaped slaves are and other deserters and eventually they form this like community that uh, opposes the confederacy and they become very powerful and actually take over a few counties in Mississippi and so they're kind of like an extension of the Union Army even though mm -hmm. the Union Army doesn't really recognize them and all this stuff. So it's it's a really interesting twisted story, not twisted as in bad, but <laughs> has lots of twists and turns in okay. it. Um, it's very interesting to go on to the website for the movie because they have like bibliographies of everything, and so everything that you see in the movie actually happened. You know, it's okay. it's very true to life, and and Matthew McConaughey is really good. Um, Gugu, what's her name? Gugu. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. no Mabatha or something about. like that. Yeah, Gugu Mabatha Ra. Yeah, is uh, is his the woman he eventually marries, even though she's black, he's white. So you know what? that's yeah. What? <laughs> 
they never could actually get married, but they were husband and wife, you know. So, um, but she's great, and uh, the rest of the cast is good too. So, it's you know not a feel-good movie, but it's an important movie, I guess. Mm. But uh, the critics, some of them said, you know, yeah, it makes you feel good about being with your liberal ideas and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth checking out. I wouldn't necessarily go see it in the theater, but you know, see it on DVD. Yeah, so. Liberal, no slave ideas. Right. <laughs> Man. But, was it, um, did they not like the, was the pacing wrong? I think it's the pacing, the length of it, you know. Mm. It, it is kind of like a history lesson, but I like history, so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think they said it was like Matthew McConaughey's biggest box office bomb in like a decade. Wow. Like, it's not doing very well. Yeah. I enjoyed it, so. Yeah. Well, the movie we talked about last time, Pop Star, still didn't do very well. And right. <laughs> we like that, so sometimes, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, that the box office kind of sometimes some really good movies get lost right. in the box office yep. sometimes, and and with critics they don't get it. Um, so, all right, so that's the Free State of Jones playing now. Um, see it if you have a, soon to be on your DVD. <laughs> <laughs> see it if you have a uh, free three hours. Sometime. Right, yeah, it's almost three hours long. So wow, okay. I do want to see it because I just. Looked interesting and it looked gritty and it looked yeah and I do like history movies. It's beautifully shot and you know do you the know acting. Do you remember who, d- who directed it? Uh, I don't. I can find it. Though. Okay. Yeah. Give me a second. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple that and and then the, the movie coming out what later on this year, Birth of a Nation, which right. is supposed to be which is not a remake of the silent Birth of a Nation, which is about the Ku Klux Klan. Okay. <laughs> Another feel-good movie. <laughs> yeah, actually, we actually saw a preview for Birth of a Nation, and okay. it looked really good. So, yeah, yeah, it's got like, a lot of good buzz. Mm-hmm. Gary Ross is the director. Oh, Gary Ross, say Hunger Games. You do the Hunger Games? Maybe. Oh, they, the like, they have like three or four different yeah. actors for those. He movies. directed the Hunger Games and Pleasantville. Okay. And Sea Biscuit. Oh, okay. So. Hmm. Well, there you go. He Great. likes. Um, well, Sea Biscuit is a historical. Hunger Games is too. <laughs> yeah, it's not yet. It could be a pre yeah. history. All right. Pre cog historical. <laughs> All right, that's Russ's like. And so then I'm going to go with my like. And um, I've talked about it before, but in a couple of weeks, I'm going back to California for my 30th high school class reunion. I graduated in 1986. And, um, and so I'm in a kind of a nostalgic mood, anyways. And I've been watching this. Uh, miniseries, a doc- documentary miniseries on CNN called The 80s. Mm. And it, so it's hitting all of those right no- nostalgia buttons for mm-hmm. me, and it's coming at a, a really good time. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's on CNN. It, it's a seven parts. I, I've watched six of them. Um, it's, it's been really weird because since it's on CNN, which is a 24-hour news station, a lot of the you know, regularly scheduled episodes have been preempted by News, right. uh, Prince dying and and Donald Trump campaign blunders and all that kind of stuff, and they've already been pushing Important it. So, things. so yeah. So I'm just like DVR. I had my DVR saying just record every single episode, and maybe I'll get you know one of, one of them and, and be able to see them all. But so I've seen um, I've seen six out of seven, and uh, it's produced by um, Tom Hanks's studio, Playtone. So mm-hmm. Tom Hanks has a hand in it, and you see him pop up in, in some of the episodes. Um, but it's it's I think it's really good as far as the content and what they're what they're doing. They they've done I don't know if it was Playtone or in Tom Hanks' duty, but I know CNN has put like the '60s and the mm-hmm. '70s. They put these 
documentary miniseries, which I haven't seen, but 80s came along at the right point for me. A couple of us, well, you were born in the 80s. Andrew, I remember but, but, so many of them. <laughs> but Russ and I remember the 80s pretty well. And, and so, like, I'm in my 80s. <laughs> 180s. Um, but, like, the first episode I saw was called Raised on Television and, and the way that, you know, VCRs and remote controls and, and the way that people's kind of television habits have changed in the 80s mm-hmm. and television became a really big thing. And, I mean, you talk about MASH, which was the, still, I think, the <laughs> highest rated watch finale, finale of yeah. any show. Um, you know, Cheers and and all the all the, the late-night soap, not the late-night soaps, but the, the, the primetime soaps like... Mm-hmm. Dallas and Falcon's oh, yeah. Crest and Dynasty, all those came out about in the eighties, and just television just kind of changed in the eighties, and when with with like ESPN, so you know you got a, a channel dedicated just to ESPN. I mean, just to, just, just to <laughs> just sports. To sports. <laughs> you have MTV Ray, so that's a television station to all for music. Mm-hmm. CNN was the first like twenty four hour news station, and so like with cable. The, in, the invention of cable and, and the expansion yeah. of cable I and mean, television totally changed. And now now it's like probably – they could have probably imagined <laughs> what it's like now even in the 80s you know, with, with all the different channels. Now we have you know, a thousand channels. And, um, and so that was like one of the episodes. One of them was all about Reagan you know, and his, his two-term presidency and, and his assassination attempt and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Iran refugees were released right when he <laughs> took office. They had a whole episode just about greed. So like it's called "Greed Is Good." How, mm-hmm. how with Reaganomics and uh, and coming out of the recession from the seventies, there's just an influx of money and mm-hmm. the birth of the yuppies, and and with that with the greed thing, um, you had about the Cold War ending with the, with the wall coming down, the Berlin Wall. One a dedicated one dedicated all to music called "Video Kill the Radio Star," mm-hmm. with how videos kind of now change the landscape of, of music and with CDs. Re- well, well, cassettes replaced C- LPs, and then CDs kind of came in, and and so just the whole the big boom of of music, the second wave of the British invasion with like Depeche Mode, and and like that new wave came through, and Depeche Mode and the Cure, and and all these bands that were up and coming, and and a lot of a lot of them did really well on MTV. A lot of the British bands because they had more of a fashion sense than mm-hmm. American bands, and so. They were more visually appealing. I mean, David Bowie's videos are excellent. Duran Duran videos mm-hmm. were really good and kind of groundbreaking. Peter, Peter Gabriel had some of the most oh, yeah. crazy videos in the eighties, like Sledgehammer and <laughs> and Shock the Monkey, and and so and so it was it was really interesting um, about how just a lot of things changed in the eighties, and then they did dedicated a whole episode to um, the AIDS crisis and mm. and how I mean. When that hit, no one kind of really knew what it was, and yeah. people were just started dying. And you know, do you remember the, the like the AIDS quilt that was on the the mall when that was mm-hmm. that was put together? And that was a, a pretty um, important uh, a moment in in that in in the in the nation's kind of history that this is a was a real crisis, and, mm-hmm. and you know, thousands of people were dying, and and it was really slow. I mean, the government was really slow to to even figure out figure out or yeah. start, start throwing money at it you know let's try to fight this cure and now you know that was pretty good as far as like if people become hiv positive they might not not ever develop aids right. because of all the, the medica- medication and and all the research that have gone into it but but yeah i mean 
Reagan's administration really kind of dropped the ball on that one mm -hmm. as far as as far <laughs> as getting any kind of like cure started, any kind of funding, and and a lot of protests. So it was an interesting time to live in the eighties. Like, you know, your child in the 90s. And so even some of the shows that you watch, I, I don't really know much about, especially like, you know, kids kids shows in the 90s, I don't know anything about because I was, you know, I didn't have kids in the 90s, right. so <laughs> I I don't know any of those 90s shows. But I remember the, the 80s Saturday morning cartoons and, and all of our 80s shows mm -hmm. that they're still around and making lots of money in, in reruns. Yep. So I wonder what it's going to be like in 30 years Well. Will my kids be looking back nostalgically on the tens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when we used to watch Phineas yeah. and Ferb? <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do, do you get nostalgic at all, Andrew? I mean, I know that I... About the I, 90s, sure. Yeah. Like, you, like, I'll watch random episodes of, like, you know, Rugrats or, like, other <laughs> random Nickelodeon shows. Like, they're making a big Nicktoons movie, and I'll oh, definitely okay. be checking that out because <laughs> also it's got, like, Hey Arnold and stuff and yeah. Rugrats and... All those, you know, characters that loved, and they're even remaking like you know Powerpuff Girls, are they um, really? into like a new a new series of that and a new series of like Samurai Jack. Um, so yeah, totally. And they're bringing the Power Rangers are back coming back. Yeah, those costumes, man. <laughs> those are rough. Yeah. Just every costume in that movie just needs another do over. <laughs> they do not look good. Yeah. So I, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, so far as my DVR says I'm recording an episode, the last episode about the tech boom um, and all the the rise of the personal computers and mm -hmm. the internet. And even though it was pretty slow going, even in the '80s, but really picked up in the '90s more. But but I remember the, the beginning of the personal computer era. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember my friend had a he had a what they call a Trash 80 TRS 80 from Radio Shack, yep. and uh, and it was so basic compared to the computers nowadays, and I remember being... Our phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, our phones all those away. But I'm, I'm, did you have an early Apple? Did you have like an Apple IIe? Or no, I didn't have that early. I, didn't, I wasn't that early an adopter. I, my, first app, my first Apple was a Quadra 650, okay. I think. It may have had, you know, 64 megabytes of hard drive space. So. Wow. Yeah, and that was a lot back then, right? Yeah, I don't know what Apple, what model Apple we had, but we had an old one. We used to play at Carmen San Diego floppy disk. Oh yeah, and, and like an Olympics floppy disk to no end. It was yeah. pretty great. Yeah, so so that's I'm looking forward to the, what to, to getting back to like you know just even the early tech stuff of the mm -hmm. '80s and and how how amazed we were at all the technology that. Kids look back and go, "What? No. <laughs> you guys played that? You, you were entertained by that?" Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so that, yeah, that's my like is the '80s. If uh, it's, uh, CNN, you know, if you can try it on CNN, hopefully they'll put it out in like a video collection. Um, and I, that makes me want to go back and look at the '60s and '70s, mm -hmm. even though you know, I don't. I was born in the late '60s, so I don't remember much of the. I don't remember hardly any of the '60s and the '70s were kind of a. But you still like the music from, from the sixties and seventies. Yeah, I still so, like the music, yeah. but 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 kind of the none of the none of the politics or yeah. any of the stuff yeah. that's happening had <laughs> literally never affected me as a kid, even in the seventies. You know, I mean, I remember the gas crisis, but <laughs> you know, we didn't really go that much that far in Southern California. We kind of stuck around. So, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to to going back and and trying to find those, and and then I might probably will probably buy these when they come out, just because I want to have them and. Mm -hmm. And trip down memory lane sometimes. So 
I'm sure I'm going to be playing all 80s music on this. Can you buy them on VCR? <laughs> VCR. Or yeah, VHS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> VHS. Betamax. <laughs> That's my like for this time. So, awesome. to Andrew. All right. Uh, so, I'm going to talk about um, a book I started reading on Sunday. Okay. Um, a solid three days ago. All right. Um, so, I'm only like three quarters of the way through it. That's um, pretty far. For, that's pretty good for three yeah, days. Because it's a pretty, it's a pretty good book so okay. far. Um, so I, I can't, you know, in, technically endorse the ending of this book. Maybe it gets terrible. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but the first seventy-five percent, according to my Kindle, um, is pretty solid. Um, and the book is called uh, "The Girl with All the Gifts." Hmm. Um, I don't know if either of you had a chance I to read it. this by your no. puzzled looks. I'm guessing not. No, I've heard of like the um, girl on the train or something like that. Right. Yeah, make girl with the dragon tattoo. Not, not, the not, not the same. Not the same girl. Not girl. the same girl. There is multiple girls. Okay, and none of them are in this about. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Does she have a dragon tattoo? She, not that I know of. It okay. has not been mentioned, but that could be a twist. Like I said, <laughs> I haven't finished the book. <laughs> um, uh, so this is a book uh, the by M. R. Carey. Hmm. Uh, so says the the front of the book. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, who is, I guess, a, a British author. Um, has written a couple of things. Um, and I just heard pretty good things about this book. My iPad was dead on Sunday, so I couldn't read any comics. Oh, so okay. oh. I was like, I was like, oh well, I guess I'm going to read a real book. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I started this one, and I haven't stopped reading it okay. um, since Sunday. Um, it's fantastic. I, I, I guess I would have to spoil the first like three chapters of the book to have any kind of meaningful discussion about spoil away, why I right. like this book. Spoiler um, alert! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the the book takes place. Uh, at some point in the future, not really exactly sure how far into the future, not super far, uh, based on like the technology, um, and you st- start to piece together the whole. The whole beginning of the book is told from the point of view of this girl named Melanie. Okay, um, so it's like first and, person. Then does she like you hear her voice throughout the book? Uh, it's not first. I think it's like second person. I don't remember the okay. actual voice because she's not saying I okay. at any point. It's like, but you're in her head okay. the same way that like. I don't think Hunger Games was like actually like like eyes from right. Katniss, yeah. but, you, you, but the whole thing is right. from Katniss's from point of view. It's it's a similar like yeah. the same okay. voice. And then after the first couple chapters, um, it switches to a couple other different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole beginning, um, which actually so far is my favorite part of the book, is all uh, from her point of view. And one of the reasons I, I like the book so much at the beginning is it does like just a really excellent job of uh, building up this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and since you're finding out from the point of view of this kid uh like you're just getting piece by piece and it never actually like walks you through like there's no prologue hey this is what happened to the earth Mm -hmm. and this is sort of where we're at so you're you know and she's not talking to you as you know some books like have the character talking right to the audience Mm -hmm. like like she's narrating she's not you're you know you're just in her head um so she's not really explaining things she's Mm -hmm. just sort of living her life and you Mm -hmm. pick up things along the way um, and it starts off, she's uh, in some kind of, like, cell, basically. Um, and you get that she's part of a group of kids that live in, like, sort of prison cells or, like, cells on this military base, get wheeled out for a couple hours of day, a day into a classroom, get taught at um, for a couple of days. Like, they're all, like, basically, like, you know, like, bound to these, like, you know, big like chair trolley things. So none of them can move. They can't mm. really talk to each other. She's talking about, you know, her best friend, but she's like not really sure if they're best friends because they haven't actually been able to talk in a couple of months because <laughs> they moved the seating assignment. So like, and they can't talk in their cell. So mm. like she can't, she hasn't actually seen her best friend in like a couple months, wow. but she's still in the class. 
um, and stuff like that. Um, so you start to piece together that there was some kind of like zombie-like apocalypse um, that's happened, and this is all taking place um, in uh, like Europe. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't really know. At this point, I don't know if Britain was part of the EU or anything mm. oh, okay. in this book, so I, I don't. I'm not really sure what to call it, but they're in that area. It's okay. a British author. Okay. Um, and they're on like a military base. They know there's a bigger one, or she knows that there's a bigger one somewhere else that has more people, um, and they're sort of like teaching her stuff. Um, and you start to also piece together that, uh, like, like after the like the first uh, chapter or two, that she's actually like a zombie or something oh, like that. Uh, like the, the zombie, they call them hungries in the book. They're not quite zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to eat brains or anything. They do, but okay. like they can't. They like nothing could get. Um, like transmitted by scratching, like it's, it's, it's a saliva based like pathogen, okay, or whatever. And they have a fancy ortho you know, some fancy name for the <laughs> virus. Um, but these like kids are like high functioning zombies, basically. Mm. For some reason, like it hasn't completely affected their brains, and they're okay. being studied by the military uh. to try to figure out why and maybe come up with a cure but like and she but she also doesn't know that she's one of these mm-hmm. oh, like okay. the audience figures that out uh-huh. um before that before she does okay. like because we know what zombies mm-hmm. are and we know that it's not normal for like she doesn't know that these things aren't normal because right. uh-huh. this is her life right. like we know it's not normal for you know kids once a week to be taken to showers <laughs> to get sprayed by like a chemical blocker so they can't smell the smell of flesh oh. and then be handed a, a bowl of maggots as your weekly sustenance. Like, that's not a normal thing. Yeah. But Melanie doesn't know that. <laughs> um, so it's really interesting. And the, the, the story obviously goes, you know, from there into, like, like way different places. Um, I just really love, like, A, I've never read a story, like, with that perspective, uh-huh. like, with that sort of hook. So I was on board pretty much immediately. Yeah. Because um, I wanted to learn more about the world, learn more about, you know, this girl and figure out, like, because she's, like, genius level IQ, mm. like, you know, they're teaching them pretty smart, you know, st- like, advanced yeah, stuff. Like, she, you know, she's talking about how, you know, uh, just like some light calculus or something, mm. but, you know, she's like 11 in the classes. Like, oh, how God. how does that kid not know, like, this basic calculus stuff, <laughs> like, in the in the class? Um, but yeah, so like the humans are blocking like the, the flesh smell from all these kids, but if they get too close, like the first time it happens to her, like a, a person gets like a little bit too close and she starts to smell underneath like the kind of, like actual mm-hmm. flesh and like she says like her jaws to start like snapping like of their own oh, accord <laughs> because like something in her wants uh-huh. to, but she doesn't know what and she doesn't know why that's happening mm-hmm. and it starts to scare her. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a really interesting perspective to tell that story from, yeah. I think. Um, and then obviously it goes into much different places, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. The the book is probably I think maybe in, like lulled a little bit in the middle, uh-huh. um, but it seems like hopefully it's gearing up for something at the end. How, how big um, of a book is it? I know you saw your Kindle, but have you? It's not that big. Okay. Like I mean, I, I'm not reading super super fast or like for uh-huh. like hours mm-hmm. and hours a day. I've probably put like five or six hours into okay. it, mm-hmm. and I'm like seventy five percent of the way mm-hmm. through. So. So what's it called um, again? The, the girl? girl with all the gifts. With all the gifts. Um, and I think there's like a movie or a, some some other thing coming from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which is how I first heard about it. That author sounds um, really familiar. Like I was listening to something and I. Yeah, I've never read his name. I've never read anything up. else by him. Like I think I was, I was listening to like another podcast, like 
the Judge John Hodgman podcast, and mm-hmm. he mentioned that that author's yeah. name. He's, he's written a couple of comics. Uh, he wrote uh, The Devil You Know, and yeah, like he has a book coming out this year. But I, I've never read any of his other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think I was I heard his name on the Jonathan Hodgman the Judge John the Jonathan Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast, <laughs> um, which yeah. is, I I really like that podcast. But yeah, he and he sometimes you know he he sometimes will promote stuff he likes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic book so far. Highly recommend. Is it a new book? Like, is it, it came out in twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay. So, it's right at peak. We need to make a movie out of this, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, level, I guess. So it is in production. Um, it's in production for something. I can't remember what it was. Okay. Um, but I remember seeing an article about that and saying, like, in our review, we tried, you know, we tiptoed around the idea so we wouldn't spoil too much and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to read this book then mm. <laughs> uh, before I, you know, figure out more about what this other project is. Yeah. Um, because, hey, why not? It's summer. I got to read stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, that's The Girl with All the Gifts. Uh, book by M.R. Carey. Okay. Well, that was our likes. Um, and after this short break, we will come back with our dislikes So, as usual, we go in reverse order when we talk about our dislikes. As so, is tradition. As is tradition. As, as, as was prophesied. We, we, will not, we will not break tradition. Not break tradition. Okay. So, we will start again with Andrew with okay. his dislike. Uh, my dislike is something that actually hasn't happened yet, but I'm anticipating happening very soon. Is it the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. um, have any of you guys watched the show Brain Dead on CBS? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> I, so my dislike is the inevitable cancellation of Brain oh. Dead oh. <laughs> because it is so good. Yes, <laughs> I love this show so much, and I haven't talked enough about zombie sort of stuff uh, in this in this episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, Brain Dead is a is a show from the makers of The Good Wife, mm-hmm. uh, which ended this past year. And it's totally different than The Good um, Wife. It's very different than The Good <laughs> Wife. It, st- it uh, stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead. How many of the episodes have you seen? I've There's seen, been three. I've seen all three of them. Okay, uh, this show, like, so it's about um, sort of like the you know political stuff in DC. Yes. is is sort of the backdrop. It's coming so, at a good time. Yeah, comes yeah. <laughs> at a perfect. This show could not be any more timely. <laughs> Um, but in the in the first episode, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, uh, like Laurel or Laurel, Laurel. or something, yeah, Laurel. Um, is is the sister of a senator um, uh, who who is the whip for the House, I guess. He's a House Democrat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and her father was also um, some guy. kind of political. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what his position was, yeah. but probably a senator. Um, definitely a big wig. Um, comes back from doing like artsy stuff. She's making like documentaries about uh, like like indigenous music <laughs> and in stuff. Africa, yeah, yeah, in Africa, um, stuff that nobody's watching and will fund her for. 
Um, so to make a little bit of money to help fund um, her, like the, help finish her documentary, she agrees to work for her brother's, uh, like in her brother's office um, as the person in charge of like constituents. Um, and somehow, like, also going on is a meteorite has fallen to Earth, and there are bugs that are taking over people's brains <laughs> um, in them. D.C. Yeah. In, eating their brains in D.C., and there's exploding heads, and this show is weird and goofy and does not belong on CBS <laughs> at all. Nope. Um, it also has, hands down, my favorite previously on for any shows ever. Oh, yes. Like, the previously ons are all done as a song. Um, written and sung by Jonathan Colton. Um, Is that who's doing it? Oh, yeah, who brilliant. did like the, the music for Portal yeah. um, and a bunch of other mm -hmm. you know, just like great nerdy music. Um, so he's doing all the music for the previously ons. I will never skip the previously ons of this show. No. It's one of my favorite parts of the entire show. I. It's so great. It's not long for this world. Right. It is too good it's to too exist. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, I'm just I'm disappointed for the inevitable <laughs> demise it's, of this show. It's, it's like a 13 episode, like, something uh... like that. Yeah, I can't imagine they get a second season. Mm -hmm. Like it's coming on over the summer. Like like I think there's like probably Olympics this summer and st like there's no way this show lasts much longer. So, but I love it's so it. So smart and, and like I said, weird and you. Don't know what's going on, and yeah, and it's, it's pretty graphic with all the yeah heads. <laughs> yeah, great explaining head stuff. Some great music in the show. Um, yeah. yeah, you can play the play the one song. <laughs> just in the I, episode, I to start, the, will. To start yes. the episode or whatever. The space bugs, for some reason, when they eat people's brains, they start playing "You Might Think" by the Cars. <laughs> And you hear that song like all the time, and Laurel's like, "Why? Why is, why is everyone playing that song?" <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really great. Um, I'm just like completely just you know en entranced by this show right now. Yeah, um, there's only been three episodes. That's I hope. funny because I was like thinking, this, thinking the same thing when I'm watching. Like this is this is yeah. I, oh, I like this show. It's gonna get canceled. Oh, oh once yeah. the previously on was a song, I was like, "Oh, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way this show lasts. This is right. too good." <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, so watch it, watch it while it watch lasts, it while man. Because yeah. there's not going to be much more of this. Thing. I'm sure you could probably get it on demand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I actually, and there's three three episodes, and they're taking they're on on on, on next week. Because yeah, next Monday is the Fourth of July. Yeah. So so that makes sense. Demand, yeah. Um, yeah. CBS's pretty, websites. Yeah, I pretty I good for a couple like shows. Ten minutes of it, I didn't know what I was yeah. watching. Like, <laughs> I don't know what this thing is, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I I saw zombie sort of show by the makers of The Good Wife starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead yep. and like so four months ago I was on board yep. <laughs> like I was like I'm, there's no way I'm not checking this show out yep. um, because yeah she's one of my favorite actresses yep. right now I, I I was a big fan of The Good Wife for most of its run I just, I just showed my son 10 Cloverfield Lane he really yeah. liked it fantastic, yep. movie. fantastic um, movie yeah she's she's great in everything I've ever seen her in I need to show him Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's yeah, that is, that is like one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Like, that is way up there. Yeah. All right, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. We, we do know that that should be canceled. So yeah, and I'm going to be bitter, so, <laughs> so it's an early dislike. <laughs> an early dislike. <laughs> like I said, yeah, it's, it's, it's too good for the viewing public. Yeah, if, if Limitless can't make it to a second season on CBS, <laughs> this show doesn't stand a chance. And I haven't heard anything about... The, the ratings of it or anything. I can't like imagine it yeah. good. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no way that, because, I mean, because CBS, 
Like, this show could live maybe longer on a different network, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like, the same way with, like, Limitless. Like, I thought Limitless was a lot of fun. Um, It had decent ratings for not CBS, but CBS just has absurdly watchable shows that, you know, that just appeal to apparently a wide demographic of people that I don't find that interesting, but apparently someone does. Um, But yeah, they're they're known for, I mean, they're known for their, like, their broad, like, you know, shows, their broad sensibilities, and this is not that. Like, There's no laugh track on this show. No. (laughs) There's no laugh track. There's no week-to-week crime being solved. (laughs) Like, like, who who greenlit the show? (laughs) Like, it's so goofy. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, we didn't even mention Tony Shalhoub is on this show yes. and is fantastic yep. as this like Republican senator um, who starts off like as like a, a drunk, mm-hmm. like just not caring at all, and has just like gone into like this super like kale eating <laughs> like <laughs> like it's it's great. Yeah, and it is that you're like wondering like okay, cause, so there there's some kind of world they're setting up as far as like these rules and, and what these bugs do to people and how to fight it and we're just slowly getting mm-hmm. yeah. of that so yeah in in with the backdrop of like a, a total political shutdown of the the government right. because you know the Democrats rep- and republicans can't get together yeah they can't agree together. on a budget and you like know that's never happened in real life right? yeah it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very it's crazy to think that that could ever happen right. um and also bugs in people's brains. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Definitely awesome. like this show. A sort of a, a backdoor sneak in like. Yes. Yeah. But, That's all right. Um, <laughs> We've done that before. In the yeah. We've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do that quite often. Not the first. <laughs> and we set the, the first and we'll be the last. <laughs> we set the rules, we break the rules. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for that. Um, and we'll go to, to my dislike now. And mm. I usually don't um, squabble over... Silly things, but um, what some people will call pedantry, you know, where where an example, someone was just, I heard someone squabbling over, is baseball a game or a sport? And someone said, no, it's just a game, it's not really a sport, because they like baseball. But that's just, it's a silly argument. And they're wrong. And they're wrong. (laughs) Clearly they're wrong. But... But those kind of silly arguments. But I'm going to engage in one now because this has came up on Father's Day, and um, I was talking about going to California and about going to In-N-Out Burger. And I'm an I'm an In-N-Out Burger apologist. <laughs> I love In-N-Out Burger. And so I was talking to someone about In-N-Out Burger, and I was I was saying that In-N-Out Burger is the best fast food hamburger you'll ever get. And someone eventually has the argument, and it's not the first person, and it probably won't be the last. They're like, oh, I like Five Guys better. I'm like. There's no comparison. There's no comparison In-N-Out Burger and Five Guys because they're two totally different beasts. And so I'm like, well, am I right? Am I? I want to have some ammo for my argument. So I went on the internet and I said, what is the difference between In-N-Out Burger and like Five Guys? And and there is a difference. So Five Guys is is this new kind of brand of restaurant that's becoming popular. It's not fast food. It's, they're calling it fast casual. And you've probably eaten at some of these fast casual restaurants like Chipotle mm-hmm. or Panera or um, Shake Shack. Five Guys is in there. Noodles and Company, um, which are they're called like fast casual. So they're, they're sounds like a hipster way to call it not a fast food. Right. Well, well, the, the difference is it's I don't I don't see a world where Chipotle is not fast food because the price point 
is is totally different than a normal fast food restaurant. Total Usually you're going to get seven dollars. You're going to get a little bit more for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're going to get a lot more options to choose. Usually fast food, the the model of fast food is is fast and cheap, and we're we're making the same thing over and over and over right. and over again. Like if you go to McDonald's and you ask for no pickles, they look at you like, oh come on, really? I'm not gonna make you a fresh yeah. hamburger. So wait, Burger yeah, so King. Wait, Burger King is not fast. Burger oh, King is fast food. So what's Subway then? That's that was that was the biggest. Guardian, that's my thing. Subway, if if Chipotle is not fast food, then Subway is right. not fast food. <laughs> and and most fast food restaurants, I would say, have a drive-through. We're, we're mm -hmm. fast casual. Very rarely have a drive-through in fast casual restaurants. I mean, the Panera and Laura has a has a, has a drive-through, but that's the only Panera I've ever seen with a drive-through. So like Chipotle, you're gonna have to get out of your car, you have to go in there, <laughs> and you have to sit down, and you're gonna have to eat your meal, or you can get it to go. But it's. Yeah. It's usually the price point is different. So how, how, how about mall, like food court, fast food? Those don't count. <laughs> <laughs> They're exempt. The mall, the mall yeah. is a different thing. So the Chipotle in the mall, then, is that could that be fast food since it's right next to? <laughs> All I'm saying is that there is a brand of restaurants called Fast Casual that that are that are different different beasts than what fast food normally is is offering mm -hmm. and, and the model that is built on. It's built on fast and cheap. You get in. Most of them have drive-throughs, and that's when they started coming big with the boom of cars in the fifties and the sixties. Here comes these, these chains of restaurants. They're moving people right. in and out. They're cheap, you know, like that. Said. So, uh, an in and out uh, a five guy five guys burger, in and out burger. You can't compare them, but a, you're going to pay a lot less for an in and out burger. You can buy like three in and out burgers for one five guys burger. Mm -hmm. And usually, you, you go in there, you order. Where like Five Guys has like all these different options to put on your hamburger. We're we're in and out. You just like order a burger, and you might, you know, unless you know the secret menu, you know. Well, but all I say menu. is that they're, they're, <laughs> they're two totally different beasts. So like McDonald's and Wendy's and Taco Bell, all those things. Those are fast food restaurants mm -hmm. where it's fast and cheap, and and usually there's a set menu, and you just go in and you get your stuff, and or you drive through. Where the fast casual is a little. Elevated dining, maybe. Payway is another one that's like I would call a fast casual restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's a step down below P.F. Chang's. Now you get these, even these fast casual like pizza places now, like Mod or, or was it Pie Five? And so they're, totally, they're two totally different beasts. So that's, that's my, my squabble. I will stick with <laughs> my original statement In N Out is the best fast food hamburger you'll ever have. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's, All right. that's my pedantry for the week. arguing with the wrong people, I think. <laughs> All I know is that I just wanted to come clean with saying that that's yeah. what I think. All I'm saying is I can go for a burger right now. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> go. that sounds good. Have you guys ever had Smash Burger? Yes. No. Oh, there has one. On, I would say Smash Burger is better than Five Guys. Is that it's, like fast? It's fast casual. It's fast casual, okay. yes. Yeah. I, that just sounds like such a hipster. Or it does, <laughs> like, doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. we're we're gonna rebrand this because we don't want to be labeled as. Fast Here's, food. This is what I'll read the official. A fast casual subway's fast food. <laughs> yeah, a fast casual <laughs> restaurant is a type of restaurant found primarily in the United States that does not offer full table service, but promises a higher quality of food with fewer frozen or processed ingredients than other fast food restaurants. Uh, it is an intermediate subway concept between French fast fresh. food and casual dining, and typically priced accordingly. So. So there you go. That's that's the the big difference. So like it's like PF. I mean, Payway is is is, is the same, almost the same kind of food right, that you PF find Chang's. at PF Chang's, but cheaper mm -hmm. and faster. 
the the experience is way different also than going from Fiat Chang's to a Payway. Yeah, I'm just never gonna call Subway anything that's not fast food. Well, I think fast <laughs> Subway is because they will call themselves a fast food yeah. restaurant and they try to compete with other fast food restaurants. Yeah, like they're like they're you know their their competition is not Chipotle. Yeah. their competition is McDonald's. And, but it's the same and, speed and price point as and Burger King Chipotle. Is it? Subway is like a little cheaper. Like, what six eighty five or something for a burrito bowl, yeah. and it's like six fifty yeah. for a Subway <laughs> foot long. And I rather eat Chipotle than Subway, so and one hundred percent. And that's why I won't dignify Subway with a fast casual. No, no, I would say I would say, I would say Subway is definitely they would call themselves a fast food restaurant, even yeah. though they're they. Don't typically have drive-throughs and stuff like that, but yeah. that was when I was thinking about this, and I was like thinking hard about this, and maybe probably maybe too hard. I was like probably a little bit too because that was that was the trouble. I'm like, what about Subway? Yeah, where does that fit? Because yeah. Subway. What about Panda Express? Like that's a fast casual. Okay, <laughs> I would say I would say that's fast casual. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a step down from a normal like Chinese restaurant where you go in and you sit down and the people bring the menus and. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, you know. That's that's, but it's not really. Fast yeah, you can food. you can pick so many different things uh, and variations of your meal at Panda Express. You can say, "I want that beef," or "I want that beef," also right in front of me yeah, exactly. that you've just reheated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was I would say Panda Express. I would call that fast casual, but like Boston Market is considered a fast casual restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's not considered fast food because it's. A little different, and, and remember, remember Chicken Out. Remember Chicken Out used to be there. That oh, was Chicken a, Out was great. Yeah. That was a fast kind of, I would say, a fast casual restaurant. Also, so there's just there's a step down from casual dining, but yeah. the step up from fast food. But In and Out is still a fast food burger <laughs> and the best fast food hamburger you'll ever have. <laughs> Boom! Wait, if if you right. need to do those mental gymnastics to be able to defend In and Out against Five Guys. <laughs> Then more power to you. <laughs> I'll st- like I love In and Out, and I'll say it's the I, what I say is not that it's the best fast food burger. It's the it's the best burger you'll get for the price. Um, there you go. So yep. exactly, yeah. Which I think is absolutely but, true. But see, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't compare. <laughs> I would I would compare Five Guys and Red Robin because they're totally different off totally different animals. Also, yeah. I would say, oh, Five Guys is a great burger. Oh, I'd rather have Red Robin because you know, it's a totally different thing. Um, I'm just saying that you know, In and Out Burger for that price is the best. Yeah. Have best you had Jersey Mike's and Jimmy John's in the wake of <laughs> in the wake of Subway? <laughs> I'd rather have Jimmy John's and and one hundred percent Jersey Mike's like, over Subway. If I never have to, if I never eat a Subway sub again, I'm not going to go crying home. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> but and but the 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 thing that I would say differentiates between those two between Subway is the freshness of the ingredients. I mean, they're better quality ingredients. At I would agree with that, and I think Subway would argue with you. Well, they can argue all they want. All I know is those, the pictures they have do not look like the sandwich I get. Yeah, although their meatball is pretty solid. I'll, I'll eat a Subway meatball sub. Generally, I'm not a big fan of meatball subs. I have to be pretty desperate to get a meatball sub. I have to be hungry. <laughs> Which I am now. I know. I'm definitely gonna go eat dinner on the way home. All right. All right. Well, that's my that's my silly argument for my dislike. Right. So bring us on home, Russ. Eat dinner. Well, since we've been talking about food, I'm gonna talk about. Some... <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys. I don't know if you guys know know this, but I don't like Cheetos. 
That's not my dislike. Or peeps for some Or peeps. I do not reason. like peeps. You don't like Cheetos. any Cheetos. Puffs. I don't like Crunchy. Cheetos at all. What about cheese puffs? Flamin' hot. So what? Is this cheese, like, cheese chip products? Like cheese, cheese balls? Cheetos, cheese balls, none of that stuff cheese I like. Oh, okay. But, but the my, dislike, my dislike <laughs> is that because I don't like that, I'm not eligible for $60,000 in the... Uh, if you check your Cheetos and find a strange one, you can win $60,000. The online Cheetos Museum, yes, it's a real thing, <laughs> is looking for Wait, is it not by the museum just a website? It is. <laughs> so that's just pictures then, right? It's just pictures, <laughs> and I think it's run by the Cheetos brand, but they're willing yeah, to pay... This is the Smithsonian Cheetos no. <laughs> But they're collecting... The 10 best submissions of weird Cheetos, and you write up a description of it and, and title it, and then there's, like an a cheesy stick. There's, an online, <laughs> there's an online thing where people vote, and if you're one of the, the, uh, one of the ones who's voted of the 10 favorites, you get $10,000. And then you go to uh, the finals, and the grand prize winner gets another $50,000. So they're voting on... Visual interest. <laughs> how unique is your Cheeto? How unique. And how well does it match your description? Buzzworthiness. How buzzworthy is your Cheeto's snack title and description? And creativity. How creative is your title and description of the snack? The best thing is you can enter up to <clears throat> 50 times for every email address. So, Oh, man. That's a lot of work for $50,000 or $60,000. But if you like Cheetos, go for it. I'm just is upset this, that wait, I can't wait. do it. Is this an international competition? I don't know. It's on the internet, so I guess it can't be anybody. You. Yeah. yeah, you're sending pictures of cheese <laughs> to a website. I, I think they've lost the credibility of you know anything at that point. I just want to know if the how big the competition is going to be. You know, yeah. if I decide to do this, yeah, well, I want to know. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be able to stop you know outside submissions from the U.S. Right. Yeah. But you can enter 50 times. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of typing up descriptions of a Cheeto that's, that's snack. a lot of discarded Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, maybe I could enter if I just yeah. open a bag and yeah. dump them out and look. But what if, you, what <laughs> yeah. if you're... It's basically buying lottery tickets at that point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you open and strike the Cheetos gold. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you were like... You're like, oh, that's not odd enough. I'll eat that, and then you like have like immediate regret, like, Look oh, I should not have eaten that, because that might have been the winning Cheeto. Now, what if you found a normal one? If you take a picture of everyone before you eat it, then you have evidence, right? Well, that's true. Like they're not asking for the actual Cheetos, right? But have you ever opened? No, just they just, just want a picture. picture. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, I could Photoshop it. <laughs> <laughs> I have found the loophole. <laughs> Wait a minute, you don't send the actual Cheeto in, then this thing is rigged, man. Yeah. I don't have anything to do with it. Who knows what people can do then with it? You have to, I would think that you would have to have proof. You'd have to have the you Cheeto. You would probably... No, there's going to be tons of Cheeto cheaters in this thing. But I've... Cheeto cheat. <laughs> Cheeto cheaters. That is our episode. Right <laughs> awesome. I have not read the official rules, but perhaps if you win the ten thousand or fifty thousand, you gotta you gotta have the actual Cheeto. I would think. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it doesn't go moldy. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think Cheetos, Cheetos go moldy. Cheetos I don't go mold. think so. 
Yeah, the closest they get is the jalapeno ones that are already a little bit green tinted. <laughs> but I'm assuming this is just kind of regulated to the crunchy Cheetos, right? I mean, all right, they're the ones that have the most odd shapes of them. Yeah. I mean, a cheese puff, what, how odd can it be? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. an arc yeah. or a no. yeah. semicircle. This is, this is, this or... is my crescent moon shaped Cheeto. <laughs> It's got a little slight twist to it. Wait, so yeah. Not... You just took a bite out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope that someone finds a Cheeto in like the Prince symbol shape. That'd be oh, awesome. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be appropriate for this year, you know. To have yeah. To dedicate the winning Cheeto would be a, the Prince symbol, or you know, Jesus in a Cheeto. Yeah, you don't even need you don't even need Photoshop. You could just super glue some Cheetos together. There you go. Like nothing's stopping you. That's true. <laughs> Like I said, that's a lot of work for fifty thousand dollars. Look, I yeah. have a Cheeto in the sh in the shape of the Titanic. <laughs> it just appeared in my it bag. It disappeared. <laughs> Even has Jack and Rose. Yeah, this is my Virgin Mary Cheeto. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we've talked a little bit too much about food this yes, episode. Yes, we have. It's, it's way later than we normally record, and so we're a little uh, what do you call it? Punch drunk or loopy? Loopy. So. I think we'll end here. Uh, thank you for joining us for the Pumping Irony podcast, our 10th episode. Hopefully we'll have 10 times 11. as many. Hopefully we'll have an 11. <laughs> we'll have an 11. Um, please interact with us. Go to our website, www.pumpingironypodcast.com. You can leave a comment there on some of the show notes. You can you can subscribe on iTunes. On you can send us Cheeto Google pictures. Play Store. Yeah. <laughs> you can send us. You can. Yeah. We'll give you our, our expert <laughs> advice on if that's a winning Cheeto or not. You can go to our Facebook page, Pumping Irony Podcast. You can find us there. We'd love to hear from you, all of our tens of listeners out there. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Once again, my name is Tim. I'm Russ, and I'm Andrew. We're out.